When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast sponsored by Overdrive. Be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Pro Book Nerds on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. You can send us an email at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. For today's episode, we have a fun topic. We are going to discuss Greek myth retellings. So who better than to make recommendations than my favorite co-hosts, Joe and Jill are also here. Hello. 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 Happy Friday. Happy Greek myth retelling day. (laughs) Happy Greek myth retelling day. I love opening the door with Greek myths because then we just have... (laughs) <laughs> a Pandora's box of other myth retellings uh-huh. from other one. cultures we can pivot to later. We, yes, that is so true. And so I have a few questions to get the conversation going before we dive into some recommendations for our favorite Greek myth retellings. So I'm just going to dive right in because the coffee is slowly kicking in. What do we think? It is that people find fascinating about Greek mythology or a little bit of a pivot mythology in general. I was a Greek myth kid. Like I was a mythology kid, which is no surprising with the next two words. I'm going to say sailor moon. Uh, (laughs) I was also a sailor moon kid. And I, when you recognize that like, oh, all the planets come from Greek and Roman mythology and and you put all of that together, all of a sudden it's like a very deep dive down the rabbit hole of, wait, what is mythology? Why, why do I not know these stories? And so it's, for me, it was a piece of like storytelling that also exists in real life like that's the that's the weirdest thing about mythology is like when we say the word greek myths we're taking away the religious connotation of it like that this was a full religion for Mm -hmm. the ancient greeks the ancient romans you know at any given time and for us it's just like fun campsite stories i i think it takes on that fantasy element so easily and so quickly But also there's a fascinating bit of like anthropology there as well. Yeah. And I remember in school, particularly reading Mythology by Edith Hamilton. And that was just sort of the first exposure, I think, to those sort of classic myths and like legendary stories that kind of seems intriguing because, again, it's based on 
know, a culture and a religion. But again, I think to your point, Joe, it does seem a little bit far removed. So it is almost in that fantasy vein, I think. Yeah, it's it's that ancient word that makes it seem unreal. Yeah, less historical and more fantastical for some reason. That may just be because of the way we study it. Also, my high school had like one English elective you could take, basically. And it was Greek mythology. And it was just the book you mentioned. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. I was also a Greek myth kid. And I think for me, yeah, like those, the story element... Um, but I think trying to think of like how to phrase this. So like, I obviously, like I grew up in a religion that I never really bought into. And I, I think I always liked exploring other religions and explanations for how the world worked. And I think that's what I like about some of the Greek myths. I will talk about this later, but I went and saw Hades town recently and I went with someone who has no knowledge about Greek myths. And so I was explaining Hades and Persephone and like how the Greeks believe that is what explained the change in seasons and weather, which is just so interesting to me. So I think I I just like this idea of like other explanations outside of Anglo-Saxon Christianity. Absolutely. And just the idea of, I am also always curious of why Greek myth is yes. the, is what we deliver, what we serve up. Because I mentioned at the top, now we're seeing a beautiful influx of other cultures of mythology that I'm excited to talk about in the future. But like, there are creation myths and, you know, answers for why the seasons change the world over. But Greek is the only thing we study. And I guess that goes back to the, like, the philosophers and the, you know, the Aristotle of it all. But Right. Why is that the go-to? I say that that in air quotes, which you can't see. (laughs) No, I think especially when you look at Greek mythology versus Roman mythology, which is very similar, just different names. And (laughs) yeah, it was the let me copy your homework, but just change a few things. Right. But like, again, like, why is it the Greek ones that have such a holdover? I mean, the Romans, like the the planets obviously you know like there are, there are places where the roman gods show up but yeah that's also so interesting to me and can we all did we all see hades town when it came to town recently i think we all did joe I did had, you skip i had i had tickets but i had to miss it oh, <laughs> it was so good it was so was good note. <laughs> if it travels to your city go see it yes yes yeah, so about, I have a thing about that, but I'll, I'll uh, later, later. Yay. So another question for you both. Do you think that retellings help make the classics new again? Uh, particularly thinking about when these stories give voice to maybe people we didn't hear the first time around. I'm thinking I, about the women. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I think retellings are really helpful across the board. Like just after following our classics, our guess that classic episode, where our descriptions, I've we've received so many wonderful messages, but like our descriptions of books that most people have probably passed over because it's a slog to get through, that when you break down that content, it makes the content more accessible. So seeing a retelling of any of the books we talked about 
is helpful. Same thing with like movie adaptations. But then on the kind of other side of that coin, to your point, Emma, the voice for the voiceless previously, with these books, we see a lot of representation for women that were overlooked. And then for queer people that were basically wiped out because it is the like Anglo-Saxon of it all when it came to using Greek myths as storytelling and what we should base our foundational you know world off of but you know just the idea that looking at how queer people were removed from the narrative very often but now you look at like the song of achilles which is so incredibly popular in this space and i believe would probably have been a reality at the time for how different greek roman society was compared to today so yes i love seeing voices for women voices for you know for queer culture as well And I think for some of the books that I'm going to share today, a couple of them are young adult novels. And so bringing those sort of classic stories or these Greek myths into a new format, I mean, written for teens, I would have found some of those so cool if I was, if we had them, you know, when I was a teenager. So I hope that those retellings, again, bring, I think they bring new interest And again, I love when there's a little bit of a twist on that classic tale because some of them are quite grim for many people. And so it's always interesting to see if those are sort of adjusted slightly or, you know, told from a different perspective. I also think it says a lot about sort of the timelessness of these myths in that you can take the core story and place it not just in like young adult, but in like a completely different culture or society or all of that. And the story still makes sense because at its heart that like, it's, it's the story. It's not necessarily the fact that it's like a Greek mythology story, but like the actual story of the people involved and the, the, wow, I've run out of words, but you know what I mean? No, but that's so true. The timeless nature of these tales that they can be redone and things can be adjusted, but the core, you know, lesson or the core elements of the story ring ring true, you know, thousands of years later is pretty cool. Yeah. Whether you're just updating and reimagining into a modern era or putting your own voice to like the same time period, I think they really hold up. I love that. And so my final question before we dive into our picks, why do you think Greek myth retellings are having such a moment right now or in the last couple of years? Can we blame TikTok here? (laughs) I think we can always blame TikTok. And you know, I love to. Uh, That's where I blame like half of my missing afternoons. But (laughs) I do think a big piece of this is the timelessness. These are timeless stories and I think it goes back to some of our earlier answers they are now accessible reads if we look at a lot of what we had if you were a Greek myth kid you were sometimes you were working pretty hard to try to get the good juicy info and tidbits out of this and I think seeing these retellings in a YA sphere seeing these retellings in a romance you know kind of light that we have a lot more digestible options for enjoying these stories. So I I think like what the the reality of it is is like a couple people did it really well and everyone went, 
oh yeah, I want more of this. And now the, now the authors are answering like, okay, we'll give you what you want. That's so true because I admittedly always felt that reading things like Edith Hamilton's mythology was very dry, not because of the content of the stories, but just again in the presentation. And so you're right. Like I will hands down read every single thing from the Katie Roberts Dark Olympus series, but that's because it's framed in a way that I'm interested in. Yeah. I mean, you're slogging through some dry stuff, but the, like, I think of when I was a kid, a weird call out, but if anyone remembers the ology books that it was like mythology and they were fun interactive books that had different flaps and pop-ups and you could pull out like tea stained letters and, and things like that. It was those transformative moments where someone was trying to take the dry info and distill it down for a younger audience but this actually puts some imagination to it no i think you're right about people doing it like a handful of people doing it really well and others seeing what could be done you know like you think about madeline miller cersei you think about katie robert you think about hades town and you like look at these and you're like oh i didn't know it was possible to take this really really well-known myth and completely turn it on its head while still staying true to that story like I I do think that's part of it is that there were some folks sort of ahead of things who did it well and set a bar that others wanted to try and reach yeah it's the new dystopian it's the new vampire YA like it just we've seen it before but I think this has a stronger success rate because you do have a solid foundation to work off of. 100%. And so before we dive into our picks, I'm briefly going to mention, because I mentioned this book in our March book picks, the absolute mythal Greek, you know, epic situation that happened with Clytemnestra by Costanza Kosati. Again, great pronunciation. I'm going to struggle through this whole episode. That book was due to come out in March and the truck carrying the entire supply of the U.S. printed copies of that book caught on fire and all of the U.S. copies of that book were destroyed literally a week before it was due to be released in the United States, which is seriously epic in terms of something that can happen. So just a note, in case you were looking for that book on shelves in March or on your digital shelf, it has been postponed to May because the entire supply literally caught fire. So a bummer in that, what, how would you even predict that that would happen? But I think that book is going to be worth the wait. So just wanted to mention that that will be out in May of 2023 instead of March. This 2023 bingo card already is Uh, wild. I know. Yes, I did not have that. And as a note, this is a prompt on our professional book nurse reading challenge for 2023. So if you check out any one of these picks for that prompt of a Greek myth retelling, let us know. And with that, let's dive right into our picks. I'm going to call on you, Jill. (laughs) Me? Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Joe and Jill sound the same. So. They okay. do. <laughs> so my first pick is Stone Blind by Natalie Haynes. This is about Medusa, who is probably like my favorite 
my favorite of all the stories and myths is Medusa. I went as Medusa for Halloween like 10 years ago as a grown ass adult, snakes in the hair and everything. It was fantastic. So the only mortal in a family of gods, Medusa is the youngest of the Gorgon sisters. Unlike her siblings, Medusa grows older, experiences change, feels weakness. Her mortal lifespan gives her an urgency that her family will never know. When the sea god Poseidon assaults Medusa in Athene's temple, the goddess is enraged, furious by the violation of her sacred space. Athene takes revenge on the young woman. Punished for Poseidon's actions, Medusa is forever transformed. Writhing snakes replace her hair and her gaze will turn any living creature to stone. Cursed with the power to destroy all she loves with one look, Medusa condemns herself to a life of solitude until Perseus embarks upon a fateful quest to fetch the head of a Gorgon. So the other reason I love Medusa and I love this book and the idea of like telling Medusa's story is of course history remembers Medusa in a very negative way. And you know, I love me a villain and I, not that she is, but that's just sort of how she's positioned within the mythology of of the Greeks. Um, And so this idea of sort of telling her story and from her perspective and, and changing how we sort of see this character and this woman. It's the wicked of it all. It is. Yes. Yeah. That's like the closest I can think of to how to explain it. Uh, is, is like wicked. Yeah. I love that. I'm just going to go next Joe, because I also have a Perseus recommendation adjacent. So my first pick is the shadow of Perseus by Claire Hollywood. So Perseus is a demigod. He's the son of Zeus and a mortal woman, Danae. And in mythology, Perseus famously kills Medusa. As Jill just reminded us, the Gorgon with snakes for hair that turns you to stone if you give her a wayward glance. So this is the story of Perseus, but it is told through the perspectives of the three women that are often cast aside in his story. So Danae, his mother, Medusa, his sort of trophy, and his wife, Andromeda. So I, again, love that we're sort of taking that classic and we're looking at it through a whole new perspective and the way in which Perseus's whole journey and quest impacted these three women that sort of surrounded him. So that is The Shadow of Perseus by Claire Hollywood. I don't mind going third after both of those because they were both going to be on my list. Here is a fresh Greek myth retelling released just a few days ago on March 7th. This is Lies We Sing to the Sea by Sarah Underwood. It's a YA debut and it's a dazzling sapphic fantasy inspired by Greek mythology that will captivate fans of Circe and the Song of Achilles. Each spring, Ithaca condemns 12 maidens to the noose. This is the price vengeful Poseidon demands for the lives of Queen Penelope's 12 maids hanged and cast into the depths centuries ago. But when that fate comes for Leto, death is not what she thought it would be. Instead, she wakes on a mysterious island and meets a girl with green eyes and the power to command the sea. A girl named Melantho, who says one more death can stop a thousand. The prince of Ithaca must die, or the tides of fate will drown them all. So Sarah Underwood weaves an epic tapestry of lies, love, and tragedy, perfect for fans of Madeline Miller, Alexandra Bracken, and Renee Adea. So that is Lies We Sing to the Sea by Sarah Underwood. Just came out on March 7th. I am super excited for this one. I think it's an interesting retelling uh, looking at 
kind of the overall story of Poseidon and Queen Penelope's 12 maids. And the cover is gorgeous. I'm sorry. Uh I'm not sorry. Not even a little bit. (laughs) Not even a little bit. The cover is stunning. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. Yes, it is. My next one is The Penelope by Margaret Atwood. This is a slightly older book, but it is a retelling of the myth of Odysseus from the point of view of his wife, Penelope, the one who is left behind. So describing her own remarkable vision, the author writes in the foreword, I've chosen to give the telling of the story to Penelope and to the 12 hanged maids. The maids form a chanting and singing chorus, which focuses on two questions that must pose themselves after any close reading of the Odyssey. What led to the hanging of the maids and what was Penelope really up to? The story as told in the Odyssey doesn't hold water. There are too many inconsistencies. I've always been haunted by the hanged maids and in the Penelope, so is Penelope herself. So speaking of stories told from the point of view of the woman, I like how all of our stuff is like very, it's all fitting together in a very interesting way. So we are all on the same vibes today with this topic, I guess. I'm going to dive into Atalanta by Jennifer Saint. So you may know Jennifer Saint from her other books, Electra or Ariadne. So she's back with a reimagining of the myth of Atalanta. Now, if you don't know about Atalanta, I did not. She is a huntress raised by bears and the only woman in the Argonauts, which is a band of heroes. So the story goes how a lot of these stories go. Atalanta is born a daughter, not a son. So she's abandoned and left on a mountain. She's rescued as a baby by a mama bear and the watchful eye of the goddess Artemis. She grows up to be wild and free, but Artemis warns her not to marry. It will be her unraveling, which is kind of an ominous and weird thing to say. So (laughs) 
Itching to see more and do more in the world, Atalanta jumps at the offer from Artemis to join the Argonauts and fight on her behalf. She fights harder than the men as they hunt down the Golden Fleece, but here's where things get spicy. Atalanta begins a torrid affair and starts to question if she can't have it all and do it all. Maybe Artemis was lying to her. Can she have everything she wants? Dun, dun, dun. So that was Atalanta by Jennifer Saint. You know, I'm going to reorder my books here and I'm going to go with my Jennifer Saint pick. I am bringing Electra to the table. It's a spellbinding reimagining of the story of Electra, one of Greek mythology's most infamous heroines. And of course, you know Jennifer Saint as Emma mentioned from Ariadne. So this looks at three women tangled in an ancient curse. We start When Clytemnestra marries Agamemnon, she ignores the insidious whispers about her family line, the House of Atreus. But when, on the eve of the Trojan War, Agamemnon betrays Clytemnestra in the most unimaginable way, she must confront the curse that has long ravaged their family. In Troy, Princess Cassandra has the gift of prophecy, but carries a curse of her own. No one will ever believe what she sees. When she is shown what will happen to her beloved city when Agamemnon and his army arrives, she is powerless to stop the tragedy from unfolding. Electra, Clytemnestra, and Agamemnon's youngest daughter wants only for her beloved father to return home from war, but can she escape her family's bloody history, or is her destiny bound by violence too? So that is Electra by Jennifer Saint. Came out in May of 2022. Beautiful look at three powerful women from this period of history. That sounds really good. So my next one is also a story of, I believe, three women as well. This is A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes. I suppose I had two Natalie Haynes books on my list. I was like, oh, well done, Natalie. So this is about the Trojan War and sort of told again from the perspective of the women who were involved in that. So in the middle of the night, a woman wakes to find her beloved city engulfed in flames. Ten seemingly endless years of conflict between the Greeks and the Trojans are over. Troy has fallen. From the Trojan women whose fates now lie in the hands of the Greeks to the Amazon princess who fought Achilles on their behalf to Penelope awaiting the return of Odysseus, to the three goddesses whose feud started it all. These are the stories of the women whose lives, loves, and rivalries were forever altered by this long and tragic war. So, okay, more than three women. But it is, again, like we have the Trojan War. You're familiar with it probably because of Helen, but there are so many more women involved in that story and affected by the Trojan War. And Natalie has kind of put them all together into one book for a thousand ships. Heck yeah, I love that. I'm glad you picked this because I was going to if you or Joe did not. (laughs) So good job, Natalie Haynes. My next pick is a young adult book. This is from 2019, so a few years old, and it is Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters by Emily Robertson. It's literally described as Greek mythology meets the Kardashians, so I am intrigued. Ariadne is 16 and famous. Her entire life is up for public consumption, but everything is heavily curated. So what you see of her and her family on social media, on TV, in the tabloids, it all serves a purpose. And so between all of her projects, her biggest one is a TV show, TV show called The Labyrinth Contest. Ariadne leads a group of teens into a maze to kill a monster. 
if you win, glory and riches can be yours. If you lose, you die. So Hunger Games-y, for sure. In 10 seasons of the show, no one has ever won. In this year's competition, a mysterious boy named Theseus asks Ariadne to help him win. If he wins, the show will finally come to an end. But what Ariadne doesn't expect is that she starts to have feelings for Theseus, but she can't trust him. She doesn't know what his motivations are. Is he using her just to win this contest? Does she really want the show to end? So what's going to happen to these two sort of star-crossed Hunger Games-y lovers with reality TV show vibes? Uh, You have to read Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters by Emily Robertson to find out. It sounds so good. Sounds so fun. I love that take on it. I love that it's like truly pretty direct retelling, but also reimagined into a modern uh, a modern take. And it's a good transition to my next pick, which is a little a little off of the Greek myth retelling route. It's um, more of a reimagining, but I think you'll let me slide on this one. This is Pandora by Susan Stokes Chapman. It takes a twist on Pandora and the Box of Woes. And it's a debut title. So steeped in mystery and rich in imagination, an exhilarating historical novel set in Georgian London, where the discovery of a mysterious ancient Greek vase sets in motion conspiracies, revelations, and romance. So we're in London, 1799. Dora Blake, an aspiring jewelry artist, lives with her odious uncle atop her parents, uh, her late parents' once famed shop of antiquities. After a mysterious Greek vase is delivered, her uncle begins to act suspiciously, keeping the vase locked in the store's basement away from prying eyes, including Dora's. Intrigued by her uncle's peculiar behavior, Dora turns to young, ambitious antiquarian scholar Edward Lawrence, who eagerly agrees to help. Edward believes the ancient vase is the key that will unlock his academic future. Dora sees it as a chance to establish her own name. But what Edward discovers about the vase has Dora questioning everything she has believed about her life, her family, and the world as she knows it. As Dora uncovers the truth, she comes to understand that some doors are locked and some mysteries are buried for a reason, while others are closer to the surface than they appear. It's a story of myth and mystery, secrets and deception, fate and hope. Pandora is an enchanting work of historical fiction as captivating and evocative as the Song of Achilles, the Essex Serpent, and the Miniaturist. So we see lots of titles popping back up here, but this is Pandora by Susan Stokes Chapman. Just uh, a fun take on, you know, the story of Pandora, and uh, it really makes you wonder what's in the box. I love the cover. The cover is fun. And I love that it's set in Georgian London. Yes. It, you know, I think I wanted to include this one as kind of a palate cleanser. If you needed to get out of Greece, go to Georgian London. <laughs> go a few thousand years later and, you know, go from there. For sure. Also, I guess sort of as a palate cleanser outside of Greece. My last one is Never Look Back by Lillian Rivera. This is a young adult book and it is a retelling of Orpheus and Eurydice. Friends, I love this story of Orpheus and Eurydice, which is partly why I love Hades Town so much because it is also a retelling of Orpheus and Eurydice. Before I get to the book, Emma, question for you. When you went to see Hades Town, were there people in the audience who at a very certain point near the end, clearly came to the show with zero knowledge 
about the story of Orpheus and Eurydice? Oh, 100%. Okay. <laughs> oh, 100%. Folks had no idea where it was going and were shook. Shook. Yeah, sure. Yes. Yes. I <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I was a Greek myth kid. Like I yeah, like I, I think I took for granted that folks know the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. There were folks who 100% did not and it was um it was yes. Yes. Okay. Just I'm assuming every performance that happens as well just in general that folks show up who have no idea. I would think so. Where I would think so too. Which is kind of fun. Yeah, it is kind of fun. But agreed. You're like this is a very famous story. <laughs> I I I don't know. And I think also that's one thing the show does so well because they set you up where if you don't know it is it is a moment. That's all I'll say. I don't want to like spoil it for anyone listening who perhaps may not know. So anyway, Never Look Back by Lillian Rivera. Yuri comes to the Bronx as a girl haunted, haunted by losing everything in Hurricane Maria and by an evil spirit, Otto. She fully expects the tragedy that befell her and her family in Puerto Rico to catch up with her in New York. Yet for a time, she can almost set this fear aside because there's a boy. Fias is a golden voice, bachesing and charmer, ready to spend the summer on the beach with his friends, serenading his on-again, off-again flame. That changes when he meets Yuri. All he wants is to put a smile on her face and fight off her demons. But some dangers are too powerful for even the strongest love, and as the world threatens to tear them apart, Yuri and Fias must fight for each other and their lives. Featuring contemporary Afro-Latinx characters, this retelling of the Greek myth Orpheus and Eurydice is perfect for fans of Daniel Jose Older and E.B. Zobo. So... I love that they took, again, like, I think this speaks to that timelessness of the story of taking these two characters from Greek mythology and putting them in a completely different context. And yet so much makes sense in this newer context. And there are ways to elevate it outside of just the Greek myth. I agree. And I think retelling, reimagining, there's a little bit of leeway here. But I do really enjoy when these classic stories have new life and things are put into a totally different perspective, even though the essence of the story is something you're maybe extremely familiar with. Like my next pick, We Can Be Heroes by Kyrie McCauley. Love the title reference, I think, to David David Bowie. This is a young adult story from 2021, and it follows the myth of Cassandra, if you're familiar with that story. So here, Beck and Vivian don't get along, but they try to play nice for their mutual best friend, Cassie. When Cassie is murdered and the girls find themselves shocked and grieving, the town just moves on pretty quickly, considering it's such a traumatic event. So Beck and Vivian finally have common ground, their grief over what happened to Cassie, and vengeance. They start by painting secret murals of Cassie all over town, a reminder to the folks that she won't be forgotten. But the girls have an even bigger secret than their graffiti all over town. It's that Cassie's ghost has been tagging along with them for these excursions. 
The murals all over town catch the eye of a true crime podcaster interested in Cassie's case. And with so many eyes on the town and what happened to Cassie and these murals popping up all over the place, the girls have to hurry to get closure for Cassie before law enforcement closes in and the whole world has eyes on them from this podcast. They have to find out who is responsible for Cassie's death. So that is We Can Be Heroes by Kyrie McCauley. Love that. Love a love a podcast. Love a podcast and a book. I'll say it every time. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a modern take on a you know the classic tale of Cassandra. Love the true crime element. Love that mm-hmm. it's about friendships and how to cope with your grief. And there's a, the ghost element. There's just yeah. a lot of things I think that make this story modern and fresh for young adults or even adults. I love that. For my last pick, I wanted to wrap up with a YA series as well. It also started in 2021. This is Daughter of Sparta by Claire M. Andrews. 17-year-old Daphne has spent her entire life honing her body and mind into that of a warrior, hoping to be accepted by the unyielding people of ancient Sparta. But an unexpected encounter with the goddess Artemis, who holds Daphne's brother's fate in her hands, upends the life she worked so hard to build. Nine mysterious items have been stolen from Mount Olympus, and if Daphne cannot find them, the gods' waning powers will fade away, the mortal world will descend into chaos, and her brother's life will be forfeit. Guided by Artemis's twin, the handsome and entirely too self-assured god Apollo, Daphne's journey will take her from the labyrinth of the Minotaur to the riddle-spinning Sphinx of Thebes, team her up with the mythological legends such as Theseus and Hippolyta of the Amazons and pit her against the gods themselves. It's a reinterpretation of the classic Greek myth of Daphne and Apollo, Daughter of Sparta by debut author Claire Andrews, turns the traditionally male-dominated mythology we know into a heart-pounding and empowering female-led adventure. Yes, please. So it was her debut in 2021. But if you like this book, you can dive into the 2022 sequel, Blood of Troy. And book three, Storm of Olympus, releases in September of this year, 2023. So that is Daughter of Sparta by Claire M. Andrews. If you want a little, I I mean, it's not listed as a trilogy. I was going to say, if you want a little trilogy for your, your nerves there, but this could continue a little longer. So Yeah, that's my last pick. I love a female-led adventure. I love this retelling of Daphne's story. Very much here for it. Yay. Thank you both. I loved that all of these picks seem to go together, but we all had different vibes in mind. Yeah. Considering the prompt was Greek myth retelling. (laughs) It was a, a good day of synchronicities for this episode that we all kind of wove together it was like the fates weaving a beautiful tapestry of greek myth retellings what are the ladies in hercules called is that the fates aren't they the fates they're the muses the muses well the muses sing yeah they sing on the side of like pottery and stuff Mm -hmm. that's just what came to mind you're welcome for sharing that tidbit Mm -hmm. so if you read any of these books let us know on social media we are at pro book nerds on tiktok twitter and instagram or send us a note to professional book nerds at overdrive.com thank you so much we hope you enjoyed this silly goofy chat about greek myth retellings happy reading 
Can't wait to see which one of these you put on your professional book nerds reading challenge. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.